0: Peterson is taking care of things right now The Wesley Fields. Touchdown, Georgia Southern. Pass swings, on the way, it's gone! It is well with my stolen Montgomery!
1: Georgia Southern wins! Welcome to Georgia Southern Extra. I'm your host, Nathan Dominance. We talk about Georgia Southern athletics, especially football. Here we are recording on Monday um and we have a very special guest uh, head coach Clay Helton coach thanks very much for making the time to be on the podcast
0: no good to be with you Nathan thanks for having me
1: sure okay well lots to ask you um, the team right now is 5 and 3 uh, 3 uh, 2 and 2 in the in the sunbelt conference 5 and 3 that's already two more wins than than last season's 3 and nine team. Uh, a lot of the same a lot of the roster is the same players a lot of um, transfers have made impacts I think it all starts with the quarterback. I think you've said the same thing. You have a quarterback now who is not just a placeholder or a game manager or somebody that is hoping to be a starter. You've got a a proven game, a guy that makes game-changing and game-winning plays And Kyle Vantrese. Does the whole season, I hate to put all that on Kyle's shoulders, but does the whole season come down to how he plays?
0: Well, we're so fortunate to have Kyle here. Let's start there. We knew how important it was for Kyle to be a Georgia Southern Eagle when we signed him. Anytime that you're trying to start a program, uh, I don't care what level you're at, whether it's NFL, college, high school, uh, it starts with the quarterback uh, and, You know, to be able to gain a young man in Kyle, uh, that has led his team to a championship game uh, when he was at Buffalo. And to be able to bring that talent and that veteran leadership to Statesboro was ultra important for us. And now people are seeing why. You know, his playmaking ability stands out, but his leadership and his poise to be able to handle situations is what makes him truly special. Uh, I truly believe he's a Sunday player uh, and warrants warrants that evaluation and that discussion Um, I I truly believe that he is the reason we sit here today with a chance to do something really special in November we came here you know not just to improve but we came here to win championships and we find ourselves one game back uh, of the rest of the league right now and and kind of climbed out a hole and one of the main reasons for that is the performance of Kyle
1: yeah even when he's not had his best games you've believed in him you've uh, you guys worked through those rough spots uh, we've talked before. Is that is that just goes hand in hand with the quarterback position, a position that you know very well? That uh, you need somebody that can ride out the, the the rough times and not get too high in in the the great times, beating Nebraska or beating James Madison or winning at Old Dominion. It'd be easy to kind of be a little uh, get to your head a little bit.
0: Well, we're all perfectionists, and Kyle's one, too. We're all of the same cloth between Coach Ellis, myself, Coach Applin, Coach Shore, Kyle. We're all quarterbacks, and so we're all perfectionists. And we all know what comes with the territory. You know, you're going to get a lot of praise when things go good, and you're going to get a lot of criticism uh, when mm-hmm. things go the other way. The one thing I preach about Kyle is he, he is the same guy every day. When he walks in the building, he is a true pro, and he and he owns mistakes, uh, and he he celebrates others when they're success, and I appreciate that about him. Um, it, like I said, I think he is. A huge reason uh, for our improvement this season, Uh, and he is a huge reason that we have this opportunity in November uh, to make it one to remember. You know, they always say uh, (laughs) they remember what you do in November. Well, he's put us in this situation, and so um, he is. And he's won in different ways, to be honest with you. You know, whether it's JMU and having to throw sixty-four passes uh, and and throw for five hundred plus yards, or whether it's Old Dominion. You know, this past week and and really, you know, having to lean on a run game because of drop eight coverages, but really having to be at his best on third downs where, you know, you look up and he has a 22 of 27 day uh, and he's eight of 15, you know, fifty above 50% again on third downs, you know, so kept drive alive and, and he gave us the opportunity to win. And that's what great quarterbacks do.
1: The uh, I'm sure Buffalo is, is sorry to lose them. I, I, a lot of teams might've been after Kyle in the transfer portal, and you guys got him and and when you did, I'm sure there was a a fist pump there somewhere. when, uh, when you when you uh, are self- scouting your team, you obviously uh, the defense is an area that you guys see a lot of room for improvement. What kind of things have you uh, coach will Harris the defensive coordinator, all the coaches, what kind of things mm-hmm. have you done or have you been spending extra time kind of breaking down film and talking about things and really trying to you know solve this thing?
0: Yeah. You know, one of the things I thought I saw a vast improvement was on third downs uh, this past week. You know, um, really appreciative of Will and the defensive staff for, you know, self evaluating where we can grow and where we can build confidence. Uh, and it really happened, uh, you know, on third downs for us. You know, um, there were a lot of field goals kicked rather than touchdowns right. and that, and, and really held ODU to, to two of 11, which is a staggering number under mm-hmm. 20. And, it's a difference um, maker. Yeah. yeah, it is. It, it was a difference in the game and, you know, introduced uh, a little bit of new uh, new thoughts, new coverages that I really thought gave our gave some tools to our guys. Um, uh, and then you saw in JMU, they're a big reason with the zone pressures that they incorporated. Um, you, you know, at Washington, uh, Will's been able to play a lot of just zone coverage and cover mm-hmm. four, cover six, and allowed the defense front. But here we've been able to give our kids some additional tools with some zone pressure and some additional coverages over the last two weeks. Uh, and credit to Will, you know, it, not being stubborn and being able to say, you know what, now I've had the opportunity, you know, after six games to kind of see exactly what we are and introduce some new thoughts that, to be honest with you, uh, put us over the top in the last two victories. Right.
1: The uh, I'm talking about the offense now. Brian Ellis, he he's your play caller. He's the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach. He calls the plays during the games. Yes, so It's a really delicate balance. Uh, but you mentioned that the offensive game plan uh, against James Madison after the first quarter certainly was don't had, we're gonna pass the ball if it, if it's working, we're going to keep going with it. Opposite was true at uh, Old Dominion. They can't sack us if we're running the ball. Mm-hmm. So uh, you took away one of their strengths right there. Uh, mm-hmm. But I was wondering about the, the just the whole philosophy of making a, forcing a defense to cover both vertically, and horizontally, pass routes, and the, the phrase covering every blade of grass. It's almost like a revelation when you think about the evolution of football over the years. Is this something that that takes time since the spring that, that for your team to really get that, to really trust that we're going to stretch defenses mm-hmm. horizontally and vertically? Because those throws from Kyle Van Trees to uh, the sidelines, they're pretty long throws.
0: Well, I, I tell you, the first thing that you have to have when you implement this system is unselfishness by your players. Yeah. And the understanding that you know when you say you're going to take what the defense gives you, uh, that each game may be different, and sometimes there will be a lot of balls coming to you, and sometimes it may be you know not as much. Mm -hmm. Um, And and versus James Madison, when they were bringing zone pressure every snap and were committed to playing one high coverage, it had to go vertically and on the perimeter with a limited run game, and that's why you saw 64 passes, uh, but you also saw 590 yards and 45 points against another number two defense in the country. Um, when we're playing ODU, who was at the top of our conference, undefeated in, in our conference, um, they instituted a new system uh, for our game, you know, and something they had oh, not man. shown. They they played uh, basically what Iowa State does, playing a drop eight with a safety that sits about seven to eight yards over the ball as kind of an additional linebacker, but also an additional mm-hmm. drop player in coverage. Uh, and so it warranted running the ball. And on those days, you know, if you're sitting at a wideout, you know, it may go go from 64 passes down to 27 but we got to be highly efficient in those 27 and all of a sudden for a running back it goes from 12 carries to all of a sudden i'm looking i got 30 carries so you know uh, i had 12 carries and six catches versus versus uh yeah. versus jambu i i got touches but it just came in a different way and this week think, was yeah. heavy run game
1: i don't think jalen white knows whether to complain or thank you from game <laughs> to game he doesn't well, you don't know
0: He's really become a uh, really become uh, what we hoped he was, as well as Gerald uh, and Amari. You know, they were always known as great runners when you're trying to be an NFL prospect, you have to show yourself as a three-down back. You have to be able to show yourself not only as a runner, but somebody that can protect and pass protection, as well as catch the ball out of the backfield. And all of a sudden, you look and you're playing ODU, and he's rushing it 30 times uh, doing a, and, and mm-hmm. making 100-yard games. Uh, and then you will look at James Madison, and he's catching the ball six times out of the backfield, one time for a touchdown, uh, just a master of pass protection. He's really putting himself in a great light for the next level and and proud for him
1: and i'm going to do a a plug for our uh savannah morning news and SavannahNow.com. uh you want to know the latest on the georgia southern football team you hear it from coach clay helton right now how about high school football what teams are hot what teams are not in the coastal empire and savannah state the tigers how are they doing on the marsh uh we have all that and more including news features and opinion columns if you aren't a subscriber Now's the time to try us out. You can get full access to our digital content for $1 a month for the next six months. That's the special that I've seen. It may be, check it out. It may be $22 for 24 months or something else. But see what special there is for subscribing to the Savannah Morning News. It's uh, savannahnowcom slash subscribe now and sign up. That's savannahnowcom slash subscribe now and sign up we've talked about the nature of the coaching business. You are your brother, Tyson's head coach at Western Kentucky. You've been a head coach for many years. You grew up in a football family. Your dad, Kim Helton has coached at the highest levels of college and pro football. So you knew what you were getting into. Was there anything about the business that gave you pause that says like, you know, I, I, I this is for me, but there's a little bit of some, I'm, what are the, the sacrifices that you're like, well, I really don't want to put up with it, but it's part of the business.
0: Well, I I tell you, when you, my, my, my father told me when I first got into it, I was 22 years old. I just married Miss Angela and, and he made me write down my three priorities. He said, son, if you go into this, into this world, understand it takes a lot of your time. Uh, and it takes a lot of time away from your wife, your children. So you have to have your priorities. And I wrote down my three priorities, and they've been used before several times by many people. But mine was my faith, uh, my family, and the game. And I would prioritize that. And if any, if it was anything outside of those three, uh, that it would never come before my faith and my family. Mm -hmm. Um, and so being able to do that, um, that's, that's the way I look at it. Um, you know, I believe being a head coach or being a college coach is being a servant and you have to have a very tough wife. Uh, you Mm -hmm. have to have children that understand, and I've been blessed to have both, um, you know, to have Miss Angela understand that we have three children by birth and 134, Mm -hmm. we get the honor to adopt, uh, as well as, you know, being able to, you know, our children to understand that they're a part of this football family, but dad can't be home all the time. Um, there is, there are sacrifices of time, uh, when it comes to your family, but, but uh, I'm very appreciative for mine uh, for allowing me to do what I love, uh, and I'm appreciative for the time that I the, the time that I do get with them.
1: I, I just heard this recently that after the Morgan State game, which was the season opener, that you held the game ball and you talked to your team about how important it was to be a head coach again, and your voice cracked. Can you talk about what really touched your heart in that moment? Uh, th- that was so uh, so touching.
0: Yeah. You know, when you do something that's been your life, you know, this is my 27th year of college coaching. Um, and and all of us have been fired before. It's, it's usually at the end of the season. And this time, you know, it was at the beginning of a season after game two. Um, and so it was the first time I was truly away from the game and away from kids. Uh, and when your whole life is about being servant to young men uh, and being a part of their lives, and that's and that's taken away uh, you realize how important it is to you um, that you know uh, I, you would do this anywhere, anytime, any place, just to have the opportunity to lead, uh, to be an educator, mm-hmm. and to be a part of their lives. And so, um, you know, as one great door uh, closed for me at USC, mm-hmm. another great door opened for me in Statesboro, and it was the right time, the right place, and such a special opportunity with with kids mm-hmm. that I truly adore. Uh, coaching. I mean, I've got. I wake up every day and smile just because I get to walk in this building with this staff and these players and have the opportunity to be a servant to them.
1: the uh, the, the fickleness of this business is after the Georgia Southern beat Nebraska. People were saying, "Hey, Auburn, back off." They were worried about you being snatched up by a a Power Five team. Uh, that now, after you beat Old Dominion, I saw comments like, "Sign them to a contract extension." Uh, you've really uh, taken hold very quickly in, in Statesboro. Do you, uh, you're so focused on the season. Is there any, do you pay at all any attention to uh, the talk and, and think about the future when people are saying like, we need to lock him up uh, in a long-term contract?
0: Now, as a coach, you're so focused on the week. I, I mean, I truly believe in the one and no concept, you know, with our players and our staff. And that's what I tell them, you know, we, we have this. We joke around that it, it, when when you go down, we said call it going down in the submarine. When you start a season, <laughs> you go down in the submarine, and the submarine doesn't come back up to the end of the season. And you're so ingrained on going one and zero uh, each and every week that that's your primary focus. And in this league, Nathan, to be honest with you, if your focus is on anything else, a week ahead or what could happen a month ahead, two months ahead, you know you're going to get your butt beat. And, and at the end of the day, when when you talk about being a servant you, you be a servant to your team by being tr- truly focused on your task and what you do uh, my time in statesboro has been magical i've absolutely adored uh, the community this alumni and these players and so focused on serving them uh, each and every week and that will be my continued focus
1: okay last question Because i think we're out of time uh when you first got to town and it's not uh, statesboro is too small for you to hide in plain sight like maybe you could do in los Angeles. What what was the the most common question or comment you heard as you got recognized at the grocery store or at a restaurant or just pumping gas? And then what do you hear now as you as you played uh, eight games already? What's the the thing that you hear all the time?
0: Uh, when I first got here, they were like, "Coach, are you transitioning? Okay, are you okay going from West Coast to?" Back to the southeast, and I don't think a lot of people realized where I was mm-hmm. originally from. Born, right. born in Gainesville, Florida, and and having played at Auburn, and and you know having lived a, a lot of my life in the southeast and coaching career in the southeast, um, that it was really me, you know, that I was on a pilgrimage out west, uh, and really having a, a magical opportunity out there. But now coming back home, uh, and so that was probably the main question, Coach, how you transitioned, and, okay. and it was actually. Uh, the the other way around i transitioned to go out west uh mm-hmm. and now you know back back in the southeast uh in a very comfortable situation and i have had the chance to see my family uh more than i have in over
1: a decade wow. you know, which, has been, which has been really really nice and now what do you hear as you get recognized at the gas station or the grocery store
0: uh it's usually about what happened that week right. <laughs> and it's, it's but it's been a it's been a lot of support you, you know yeah. really has. Uh, and uh, I've been so appreciative of the support that and not only myself, my staff, uh our players have gotten um from this community. Uh you know, I, I every time we've been, had three opportunities to be at Paulson and, and just the energy and and the community feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, how much they love this place and love this university and love this team has been truly special and and it's genuine. It's it's you know, there's so much passion in football. And when you win, mm-hmm. it's passion. When you lose, it, you know, it could be some negative passion. Here it's been great support. Now, don't get me wrong, they love the compete <laughs> and they want to win. The worst as as good as any yeah. other things I've ever seen. But there's been so much support and love for the university, and that's what I see uh, after being here for eight games.
1: Okay. Coach, did you get that fishing hole built in your backyard?
0: I'm working on it right now. I actually <laughs> okay. got fish in that pod right now. They're, they're babies. It's stocked. it's stocked. Yeah, it's oh, okay. stocked, and and uh, they're they're growing up. Hopefully, hopefully, by spring, I can get a tight line.
1: Okay, okay. Well, hey, Coach, uh, Clay Hilton, thanks very much for your time. Enjoy the bye week. Uh, Georgia Southern will play South Alabama at home. Uh, it seems like a rare home game, but just the way the schedule's played out, they will be b- back at home for three of the last four games, uh, have a real chance to uh, push for an East Division title with the way things are playing out. So congratulations on the start to the season. Coach, we'll see you uh, in a couple Saturdays, and thanks for your time.
0: Thanks, Nathan. Really appreciate it. Hail to Green Peterson is taking care of things right now. The Wesley Fields. Touchdown. Georgia Southern. Pass swings. On the way.